If you're keeping tabs or score at home, this pod has remarked on several occasions, modern tech becoming invasive, intrusive, and disruptive, we'll say. But take away any and all of my modern tools, and I likely can't function. Let's flip the script and take a look at some of the benefits of technology. And yes, I'm going to look at some of the obvious ones. Maintaining a work-life balance keeps getting harder, but it doesn't have to. This is The Big Balance, a podcast for anyone struggling to stay ahead or even just keep up with work, life, and everything in between. Join us each week for practical advice you can actually apply to get a little sanity back in your day. Brian, do you remember during our conversation last week, you made a comment that this pod has been pretty harsh on technology, and I think, obviously, I'm paraphrasing here, but you recall? Yeah, I think I actually used the term Luddite to describe us, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go, so... I, never I would... my intent, by the way. I just want to make very clear, it was never my intent to be Amish on this show. Well, it sounds like that's the direction we're heading, but let me ask you a question. How does this pod work and how do we record? <laughs> Using technology, of course. So, <laughs> yeah, hey. probably low hanging fruit there. But for That's those, low, low. come on, yeah, low hanging fruit. But to pull the no, curtain you back pick on that fruit, John, you use technology to pick the fruit. Yeah, right. I'm just jerk. kind of yeah. I'm being a jerk for for the sole purpose of being a jerk. But that's all fun. But for those you know who don't know, pulling the curtain back, why would you know? Um, Brian and I usually are doing this virtually of some sort. So not only is there our recording equipment, any type of tech that we have in our room to set up said recording equipment, we also rely on a pretty basic technology now, but we, we phone one another. We talk on the phone, right? And is that a phrase people still use? We phone one another. I'll phone you, Brian. I don't think I've ever used the term I'll phone you in my life. It may be a British thing then, because I, I know it from an Elvis Costello song. <laughs> my daughter's been very into Peppa Pig, and now she uses a lot of British slang. Like a, uh, Instead of using the word popsicle, she calls them ice lollies, because that's, I guess, what British people do. So that's wow, what she does now. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that that's what they called it. Any British listeners, uh, tweet at us and tell us your favorite ice lolly or whatever the hell yeah. Brian I mean, just I said. I don't know what part of the UK Peppa Pig happens to be from, but wherever that is, it's uh, it's ice lollies. Turns out that's not even a phrase they use. It's just something the creators <laughs> of the show thought was funny. They got stoned and wrote it into the script. Did you ever see that whipped cream video? No, uh, what, what whipped cream video? Apparently... Uh, in not all of the UK, but in some areas, they don't call it whipped cream. They call it squirty cream. You ever hear this? <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, great name. Uh, and you and I worked with the British woman for a time, and I asked her about it after I saw the video, and she confirmed, yes, there are some areas in the UK that call it squirty cream. And I like that as a name. I like it. It's better than ice lolly, at least. Well, you know what? It requires some type of... Uh, technology or engineering to make that squirty cream work so for today's episode i'm going to take a very literal approach to discussing the benefits of technology and i'll kindly ask that you provide some genuine insight if i'm a little too surface level brian and i think you'll get what i'm meaning in just a little bit so let's leave you on the cliffhanger there 
The word technology comes from Greek origin of two combined Greek words, meaning science of craft and art skill, cunning of hand. While this origin sheds some light on what technology means, the modern sense of the word is a little bit more specific or precise. The modern example for technology usually centers around information systems, IT, computing, and most people who interact with technology on a daily basis have pretty strong feelings around this type of tech. But it's hard to overstate the impact modern tech has had on our daily lives. And while likely an oversimplification, tech usually makes our lives easier, both at home and in the office. So Brian, you've been very negative about the about the intrusiveness and how invasive tech has become as a result of work. Is, is that a fair summation? I think it is. And again, I want to point out that that was never my intention with this show. I did not know, not just about technology. I feel like I've been very negative all over the board lately, especially this year. So maybe I need, uh, we need to bring a psychoanalyst on the show to, to talk to me and figure my crap out. That's actually a pretty great idea. We, we could get any psychoanalyst out there want to come and pick Brian's brain or dissect his uh, personality traits a little bit. I would welcome it. Can't afford to pay you. Yeah, uh, no, no, there's no pay involved. This is You're doing this. We're paying you an exposure. Our large, large reach, our audience. Yeah, but no, I, I have been very negative about it, and I think that's part of what today's episode is kind of the mea culpa and putting the shoe on the other foot, I guess, turning the tables, whatever. That's a, yeah, no, that's fair. And I think that I, I've been a little negative on it too. And it hasn't been to your point. It, it was never our intention. And I think it's because we're looking at it strictly from the lens of how our work has followed us home for many because of, you know, the results of the pandemic and work from home is a pretty common thing now. So we're viewing it from a very specific lens. So what I think is probably a better way to approach it, at least maybe from today's episode, let's take not just a step back or two steps back. Let's take like a million steps back and just go back to the very beginning because I think of technology, it's very basic. The idea of tech is before computers and before I'm looking at a lamp right now. So I'm going to say a lamp, that type, you know, electricity and, and things like that. There's more to it. I mean, the wheel is probably the earliest example a lot of people use, right? The wheel was a technological advance. So maybe for today's episode, we can kind of do that a little bit. So that's when I said, if I'm a little too surface level, yeah, I'm going to be the guy who's going to stick like a, you know, just a stick in your crawl, I guess, whatever that phrase is, and just tell you, uh, I'm going to be looking at stuff like that. So yeah, I hope you're ready for that. Yeah, this is, I, I actually use that, uh, speaking of the wheel, I actually use cars as an example of the problem of institutionalized knowledge in companies from a consulting standpoint. And just to, to uh, I, I hate when we go back and talk about our jobs. It's not really a, a business show, but just to give you the gist, when you have people who understand roles and responsibilities and process and procedure, but it's not ever written anywhere, what happens when that guy leaves, gets hit by a bus, wins the lottery, so on and so forth? Well, it goes away. And the the example I use is a car. I don't know how to make a car. At all, I, I don't. I know generally how they work, but not really the mechanisms behind what makes an engine go. Other than I put gas in it, I can't make my own wheels, right? I don't need to do these things because our society is built in a way that there's other people who have that knowledge who can do it, 
and I can just keep moving on with my life being blissfully ignorant of all the technology that's going on behind the scenes that lets me live the life that I lead. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's, we talk about tech, we're not talking about computers, we're not talking about data and analytics, we're talking about hardcore, not hardcore, uh, we're talking about very basic, simply put, the tools that we develop throughout the years that led to the lives we lead today. Yeah, and I think what I'm hearing based on, you know, kind of looking or taking a step back and looking at myself and and what you're saying here is we take a lot of tech for granted. And I think today's episode, and we're probably going to do it in list form because that tends to be our most favorite thing to do in the world, but we're going to kind of list out some tech. Is, is, Is that what you had in mind, Brian? It is. And I, before we do that, and I, again, I know I'm not trying to be negative on this episode, but I do feel the need to kind of explain or maybe justify why I'm a bit of a negative Nelly about a lot of it. Yeah. You know what? You said this is a mea culpa a little bit. So let's, yeah. let's hear you out. And you know what? Now's the time to, to clear the air. It's the airing of grievances, despite the fact that we are firmly rooted in April right now. Yeah. So this is my first one. All right. Let's go back to the whole idea of technology makes our lives easier, better, so on and so forth. We live in a capitalist society, in a capitalist society, how well we're doing really revolves around how much money we're making, and in this case, we can say GDP, right? Is that fair? That's fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that metric. Yeah. So the whole idea of GDP growth, our, our company, or not our company, our country growing, our economy growing, a lot of that has to be rooted in technology, right? When uh, the... Uh, when you think about the modern assembly line, yeah, there's a lot of high-tech stuff there. It wasn't originally that. You go back and look at Ford's original assembly lines, it's kind of low-tech by today's standards. Still revolutionary and still a giant hit to GDP. It helped us grow quite a bit. Now, why is this a grievance? This all sounds like a good thing. Well, let's look at the situation we're all in. All right. You go back to the 1950s, you had one single breadwinner in the family working a 40-hour week, could afford to have a nice-sized home, couple kids, white picket fence, you know, chicken in every pot, car in every garage. Technology has only grown, and the GDP is doing pretty good, too. People are working longer hours. People are able to afford less. You go and find an apartment on either coast that's less than $1,000 for a one-bedroom, I'm going to be shocked if it's a big metro area, right? So if the promise of technology was to make our lives easier, to make us more productive, while at the same time not working as much, clear fail, right? Because it's it's not working that way. It's, it's people who own the capital, yeah, they're making money like they never have before. Typical worker, not so much. So that's my first complaint. And let me get your thoughts on that. Am I, am I off base? Well, I think I've just been hanging on to something you said at the very beginning. I think it was a Freudian slip when you said company instead of country. I think that goes to show where our mind's always at, right? Yeah, well, like I said, you look at CEO pay and how much it's good. And I, once again, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to be political. I'm not trying to, to talk about those issues. But you look at uh, pay at the top of companies compared to pay at the bottom only one's really moving, the other's stagnant. So, yeah, I guess it was a bit of a slip on my part, but it's it's true nonetheless. I've said it once before, and I'll say it again. I think this pod is slowly revolutionizing Brian and then pushing yeah, him to a weird, weird uh, side of a spectrum here. And, and you know what? I'm here for it. This has been a fun, slow journey. Let's go you down know. the rabbit hole together. <laughs> 
So that's my first one. My next one, so let's kind of fast forward. We're past the whole assembly line thing. We're out of stone tools and making bronze, whatnot. And we are actually into the digital age, which is where, again, I think most people, when they're thinking technology, that's where they go. When you look at, and and I'm going to date myself here a little bit, John, but when you look at computers and tech and even the beginning of the internet back when I was a kid, it was a very different thing than it is today. And one of the big things for me, it's all about personal data and monetizing it. And you hear the phrase, if you don't pay for it, then you're the product. Well, all the apps we have, all the the devices that dial back home and upload all this personal data to company servers on the web, on the cloud, so on and so forth. That's all monetized. So when I think about technology today, if I sound like it's intrusive, it's because there's a very real chance that it is being intrusive, that companies are taking the data that you're pumping into these machines, these apps, these platforms, and they're monetizing it. They're selling it to whatever marketing agency thinks they can make use of it. So that's that's my other issue is technology used to work for us. And I'm not saying it doesn't, but I'm also saying it's working for somebody else who we're being sold to. Right. This is the whole premise behind the social dilemma, I think, is what that uh, Netflix documentary was. And it's basically just, you know, the sale of our, I guess, PII or, you know, any type of information or demographic information they can gather from us. And that's to your point. I haven't actually heard this phrase before, but if you're not paying for it, you're the product I, I, I do really like. So, yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree with you. And again, we're revolutionized right here in front of you, folks. Yeah. Simple case in point. Just doing research for this show. God knows I get nothing but ASMR videos in YouTube <laughs> after, after you mention that to me. And now it's all my kid listens to and it's horrifying. So I love this callback. Yeah. <laughs> What episode was that? We should probably put the episode in. I don't even remember. But, yeah, it's an easy case in point. I dare you to Google something and not see it come up either in YouTube or search results or uh, on-page ads. Exactly the same. And it's great from a marketer's perspective, but it's it's a little disconcerting. Actually, oh, Parks yeah. and Rec, Ron Swanson, when he uh, trashes his computer because it knows where he lives, Google Maps can see his house and things like that. And the last one for me, I I wouldn't describe myself purely as a minimalist, but I do try to minimize the amount of stuff that I have. Uh, I I think the, and I'm going to pull a quote that's fantastic and I I can't take credit for. This is specifically from Fight Club. Uh, The things you own end up owning you, I think is a profoundly true statement. And when we talk about tech making our lives better, what we're really talking about is, buying stuff and it's yeah i know there's a whole industry around making this stuff and selling it and it's what our again capital society is based on is consumer goods and and spending money to make money for companies those companies pay people so on and so forth virtuous cycle but at the end of the day it's we all have so much stuff and it's it, it, it ends up owning you. It ends up being such a big preoccupation, not just paying for it, right? We're working just to buy all this stuff to have in our lives. And we have to have it all in our house we have to make room for it. We got to take care of it, upkeep. And it's just so much. And imagine if we didn't imagine if we didn't have all this stuff to worry about. You want to talk about work-life balance and, and having free time and, and having the freedom to do things, all this stuff that we own and the upkeep of it, 
takes a lot of that time that we have. So it has to save a whole bunch of time to offset that and, and net result in save time, right? Yeah, and I think the like, lazy... I keep saying right every time. Like, I'm, I'm begging you to agree with me on this. Like, I'm really trying to make a case here. I, and I don't think you need to because <laughs> if, if this pot is anything but an echo chamber, then, yeah, no, what are we doing? But to your point, I think the lazy response would be is that's the results of a consumeristic, materialistic, capitalistic society. God, we we are so like what what's the word we're we're getting we're getting really like uh, oh god here's another word I can't think of that you're gonna not edit out to make me look foolish um, <laughs> now that you said that yeah uh, fanatical I, I feel like we're like fanatical people on this show now like we're we're painting we're painting a picture we're building a persona of being crazy fanatical people like. Anti-establishment, anti-tech. We're we're we are we're becoming Amish. This is the big Amish balance now. Yeah, we say that, but I I have no intention of going off the grid. I'm still just going to continue using all of the apps that's collecting my personal data. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I think we now have a pretty clear view of where you're coming from, Brian. Why you have this hesitation? We'll call it for technology. I think at the end of the day, what's necessary is just to take a thoughtful approach to it. It's not to just accept technology at face value and assume that it's going to deliver all the promises that were made on its behalf. Take a look at what the technology actually does for you and take a look at what it does for other people uh, that might be to your detriment. I, I think that thoughtful approach is always necessary. Well, why don't you say after the break, uh, because listing things is our favorite thing to do, let's kind of list out some uh, some examples of technology and the benefits that it may have for us. Does that, does that sound like a fair trade for you? Sounds good. I'll, I will be on my best behavior and championing technology all the way. Ah, you can get fanatical. Who cares? So before the break, I gave the example of the wheel as uh, an early example of technology. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I'm going to take a very literal approach. And one of the first examples, probably even before the wheel, was really hand axes, I think is what they called them, Brian. And it, when you think of it, it's really just taking a sharp rock and using it as you know, a, a tool of some sort. And I think that's kind of what I'm getting at when I say it's very surface level. It's any tool that we use is an example of technology. So what is a tool that we use in our day to day? Do you have what, what's something that makes your life easier, Brian? See, all my examples are more on the, the higher tech side. So that's why I, I love feel it. Bad. We're going to have we're going to have a great back and forth. <laughs> so no, no, exactly. Go for it. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I do have one, and this is another callback to an episode I don't remember the number of, so maybe John, when he edits, can throw me a bone and figure out what episode this is. Editor's note, season one, episode five. We actually had one where we talked about how to kind of streamline your day, and a very simple thing, 
Mr. Coffee Machine, right? You set it up the night before, and you wake up, and it's already brewing coffee for you. It's such a small example, but mornings are a time when everybody rushes, and it's a nice little piece of tech to just say, hey, here's your cup of coffee. It's all ready for you. You don't have to go and grind anything or, or heat anything up or do anything. It is all of it you know, on timer. So small example, but one that I think is relevant. And yeah, you know what? I think that's awesome. I love that the coffee pot can do that and it can make my life easier if I want it to. You know, what's even more important than that coffee pot though, Brian, the alarm clock, just even think about oh, how I hate like, the convenient. alarm clock though. I know, but how goddamn how, alarm clock. No, gets no, us, I'm not negative. I'm positive. Go alarm go. clock. You wake me up too early. I love being up when the sun's not out yet. It's awesome. It's really not even the alarm clock's fault because it's really a self-inflicted thing that we're doing to ourselves. And we could have a whole conversation about you know how early our day starts and what time it really should start, peak performance, whatever. But we're not reliant on really creating any type of sleep schedule to the point to where we need to wake up to a rooster or anything like that right so i think that is a is a probably often overlooked convenience despite the fact that most of us to your point hate the alarm clock and the next one on my list and i like it because i think it kind of sets the stage for people to reimagine the tech that's actually in their lives if you are at home when you're listening to this show odds are you're using this Wi-Fi and hotspots. Oh, that's right? a good one. Yes. Yeah, and, and this this one, I feel like the the wonder and the majesty of being able to do things wirelessly and connect to the internet from literally anywhere. It's going to be lost on people probably your age and younger, but I remember having my first computer with an internet connection, and they were not. that was not my first computer. It was my first computer with a modem being strapped into a chair at a desk in my parents' basement because that's where the computer was. And I, if I wanted to use the internet, it was there and there only. And now we have all these wireless web-enabled devices, your smartphone in your hand that you're probably, again, using to listen to this episode. Uh, and you can listen to it anywhere in your house. And it's it's amazing. And I think we take it for granted a bit. But the ability to do whatever you want online, anywhere, that's that's huge. Uh, and for the record, I do remember being tethered to a room because that's where the computer was. I, I am of the age to where, yes, being stuck to, you know, dial up. I remember that, Brian. So if that helps age me or date me a little bit, I'm not that much younger. There was a time where there was a free service called Net Zero where you could connect for free as long as you watch an ad every like 10 minutes. And this I is remember I, this. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I used for internet connection when I was young. Uh, I don't know. I, we, we were, I guess we were too poor to afford AOL. I don't know. Well, you mentioned that majority of folks or at least a, a good handful of folks are listening to this on their smartphone, most likely. But, you know, even the precursor to that, just even the telephone is is a is a nice convenience because what the hell did people do before like the telephone? Like I understand, I know what existed, but really, did I really? I could only communicate via mail, telegraph, telegram. Which actually, did you know telegrams still are like in use and exist? For what? Who uses telegrams? So I, I read an article, and, and again, this is probably some dumb listicle. Oh, well, like this show, right? No, but I read some article about like things you didn't know or things like that, and that there is still a large number of telegrams that are sent for 
you know, just kind of silly purposes. Like singing telegrams still exist. People still do that. But the other side is there's still a large portion of like international business that is done via telegram. I think for like, you know, security and, and you know, hard signature purposes or, or ink, you know, signatures, things like that. I, I'm not the authority or, or probably the expert on it, but I do know. I recall. I should You're say, not an expert on telegrams. What are we even doing here? Oh, Why am I listening shoot. to you right now? Shoot. I realize that this I'm on the wrong pod right now. I thought we were on the big balance, <laughs> but here I am on Telegram Express. Uh, so, yeah, damn. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'll see myself out. Yeah. Be great if I had a door sound effect behind me. Technology for the show. Get some sound effects. Well, that's another good one. That's not making any anybody's recording. life better to get cheesy sound effects on this show. I'm taking that back right now. No, no. You know what? Cheesy sound effects makes everyone's life better because, you know what? A, a good smile or a good laugh makes the day that much better. So, Brian, you've given me Wi-Fi, coffee, uh, the coffee pot maker, right? Is there is there another one I missed or it was is that it so far? Oh, I got more. I got oh, plenty well, more. Hit me. Hit me. I know you got more, but here's just one, one word. Yeah. One word. Single name. Roomba. How about that? Oh yeah, that's I'm looking at I'm looking at one right now. I'm looking at the Roomba in my office here. I have one. I don't actually use it yet because the house I'm in isn't laid out in a way that I think would be Roomba conducive, but super looking forward to it in the new house. I'm very excited. All right, in our one non super posy positive uh tech uh thing, I will say that I don't think the Roomba is designed to really eliminate uh, the need to vacuum, you know, like all the time in certain areas, but it does make spot cleaning a little bit easier. That's how I'll, I'll say it. Because also scares it, cats. Yeah, no, and that's that's worth it in itself right there, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of cats, you know what's something that can make your life easier? Add it to the list now, folks. Uh, they have like those like uh, cat feeder things to where it just, you know, distributes a certain amount of food that your oh, cat's yeah. supposed to eat, yeah. right? Uh, well, like let's, go on the, let's go on the digestive side of that. They also have self-cleaning uh, litter boxes, too. That probably makes your life a whole lot easier. I do want to stick with the food one because I have an open question here related to... So I, I mentioned kind of striving towards minimalism, but also kind of balancing that with ease of use and, and free time, right? So in my kitchen... Here's another piece of tech that I like. I like making pasta, right? It's it, Fresh pasta is great. And I have a KitchenAid, and it makes making pasta, making any kind of dough, much easier. Now, my wife likes baking. We don't have a bread maker, right? So that that would be something that could ostensibly, I suppose, make making bread easier. So like a dough hook kind of thing? Like that attachment for it? No, I mean like the, the whole we have a dough hook for the kitchen. No, I mean the actual like an a bread maker. Like you you pop dough in a big metal box, it does its thing and out pops bread. In some way, shape, or form easier than if you just use an oven, which is what we do. Oh. Now the reason, yeah, <laughs> this I, I'm I'm not aware of. of, of spe- is it like just specifically like a bread oven? Is kind of yeah, what it it's is? a bread maker. Bread maker. I've never heard of this. I'm go- I'm, go- I'm googling it right now. It's super expensive things that a lot of yuppies have in their kitchens. But m- long story short, the question I have is: there are so many kitchen gadgets, and 
the goal of all of them is making life easier, but the number of them and how very specialized they are, where, where do you draw the line? Like what kind of kitchen tech do you have? And do you feel like it's too much? Do you feel like you could have more? I, I wish I had more countertop space. And the more of these things you have, the less space you have, right? Yeah, so I guess we should draw the line between, you know, making my life easier versus gadgets. Because, yeah, I would totally love more kitchen gadgets and anything's like that. But odds are likely I'll end up using it once or twice and then not use it so often. So I'm probably not the the best person to ask. But it sounds like you're making, you know, fresh pasta, I'll say, more than five times a year. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's worth it. And that's making your life a whole lot easier. So let me think on the the kitchen gadget thing. We have a, a toaster oven that we tend to use in place of our normal oven. It's kind of like a fancy toaster oven. So it has like different settings on it. And we tend to use that in place of our real oven because it preheats faster. So when we're hungry, it makes my life easier because I don't have to wait. So does that count? Yeah, I hear Instapots. People rave about them. I've never used an Instapot, but like cooking rice cooking noodles apparently it's great yeah i've heard that yeah i've heard the same but again it's so much stuff like how much stuff do i really need in my kitchen especially if it is very very specialized i'm going to use it once or twice a year why do i have all this stuff right and that's and that's where i guess i struggle with because i would love like gadgets and i'm like oh it's going to make it so much easier to do this one thing that i've done twice in my entire life because i saw it on youtube and i wanted to try it like, you know, that's that's what I am with recipes. Quick question for you. How many can openers do you have? That's, you know what? It's funny. I was going to use can opener as my as my next example <laughs> for tech. Uh, we own two. Yeah, it's one of those goddamn things. I have like 18 can openers in my head. Why? Why do I need more than one can opener? I, I'm never opening two cans at once. I have the time to open one can, then another. Why do I need all these can openers? Well, we collect this stuff. It's just my kitchen is full of gadgets. You know what I don't see as often? Electric can openers, like those little machines that people would have in their kitchen. I feel like I haven't seen one of them in a long time outside of a shore house that I went to last year that had it. And I was like, wow, look at this. Actually, that's an interesting point you bring up. And I wasn't planning on even going here, but you kind of sparked my mind. There is one counterpoint to basically everything I just said about kitchen gadgets, right? Uh, because I, I, uh, my high school girlfriend, her mother had a, a neural degenerative disease, and they had a lot of things like electric can openers. And the reason was, if she had to use a manual can opener, it, it was it was like hell for her. She couldn't use it because she she you know her her muscles didn't work the way her brain told them to work. So a lot of this stuff we're coming at it from. Yeah, I I don't want to say ableist position, I was but just I about guess to that's say, what yeah, it is. We're, we're we're pretty ableist right now, is what it sounds like. So, well, and that's I, yeah, that's what it is. So I say, oh, why do I need a bread maker? Why do I need a can opener that's electric and all yada yada yada? No, I, there are people who it's not just a quality of life improvement; it's a necessity. So. Yeah. Thank you, John, for bringing that up. I know that wasn't well, your point either, but it's a good point. Too. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for checking us a little bit. You know. Yeah. Well, here's another one that makes life a little bit easier, and it may very well be another example of something that, to your point, may make certain people's or may be a necessity for certain people, but a dishwasher. That's that that makes my life a little bit easier most of the time. 
I've actually heard people argue the opposite. I, where... I was actually going to say, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't make my life easier. That's why I said sometimes it does. Yeah. Well, uh, let me let me just say also that I don't know about you. Before I had a kid, I feel like I had pretty even distribution from top and bottom rack. 90% of my dishes are top rack now. So if I'm running the dishwasher, I feel guilty running it anything other than full, which means I'm hand washing a lot of things anyway just to use them throughout the week. That's fair. Yeah. That's something that a lot of people complain about, too. They say, look, I guess if you have a high-efficiency dishwasher, great, but for most of us, what do you do with that dish before you sock it in that dishwasher? You you pre-treat it, you pre-clean it, right? You yeah. scrub it with a sponge because you don't want to get gunk in your drain, you know? So you're doing 90% of the work anyway. Do you really need the dishwasher, or do you just feel like you do because you've always used it? I, I really don't have an answer for you. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, no, we, we don't like using it unless it's full. And then we have a sink full of dishes just waiting for the dishwasher to get filled. Or, and sometimes this is me, uh, to take out the clean dishes so we can refill it back up. So uh, maybe not the best example, but... Hey, it's I'm trying here, folks, because yeah, uh, I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to be very literal and and very uh, practical while still being accommodating to Brian's examples here, uh, kind of going on the fly. And I'm not doing a great job right now. <laughs> I think it's going good. I think this is a fun episode. Hey, I'm having fun. And, and if you ain't having fun, then then what are you doing? Dishes. So. We- <laughs> So we've we've made our way to the kitchen now, Brian. We, we're we're talking about kitchen gadgets. Is there any other uh, examples that you had for us uh, outside of the kitchen? Outside of the kitchen, yes. And this is going to tie back to my one concern about where's your data actually going. Uh, but I think that there's the potential to be you know more value than the paranoia in my head uh, has a cost. Let's talk about fitness gadgets. And, and I say this as somebody who desperately needs to, uh, to get back on the health bandwagon, lose some weight. But the, uh, the gadgets you either wear on your wrist or you know in your phone and the related apps that track all of that, right? I see value because if, if you're going to be physically fit, physically active, it's not a one-time thing. It's a habit, right? And these gadgets really kind of bring it to the front and center of your mind, right? It's, it's looking at the data behind, hey, I ran three miles today, I'm going to do four tomorrow, or I had this many calories, I want to knock that down or make sure I'm eating a more balanced meal. That's a pretty good piece of tech. And I, I got to say, exercise, we're talking about work-life balance and kind of feeling good and having a, a free mental state. Exercise is good for you physically, also great for you mentally and emotionally as well. So... If anybody feels like they're super stressed, exercise is probably a good thing to do, and these tools can help. And a lot of these tools also come with or are attached to like a subscription thing as well. Like Peloton, you you get a subscription to their complete like suite of workout uh, options or you know routines or whatnot. So not only is it tracking it for you, Brian, and encouraging you to do more of Per, you know, from that personal angle to where it's like, I want to best myself, but it's also giving you kind of more pointed and focused routines that you can use to, you know, reach your fitness goals even quicker, or faster or whatever. So yeah, it, not only is it, you know, relieving stress and kind of keeping me focused, but might help me reach my goals a little bit faster. And is that not, you know, efficiency, right? 
Yeah. I do have one more, but it's not. It's it's more of a an SOP than it's a in piece the kitchen. It's in the kitchen again. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> uh, no, uh, get, you, go ahead. Get, give it. Lay it on me. So the last one I have, and this is again, it's not so much a piece of tech itself that makes life easier, but it's using the tech that you have. And again, not a business podcast. We're not trying to to tell you how to be a great worker. Well, I mean, it's, it's never bad to be a good worker. And one thing I will say. Uh, Microsoft Excel, bread and butter for most people who have a white collar job. I, I personally live in it way more than I want to. And I'll see people who spend hours just crunching numbers by hand when there's an Excel formula that would do that in a minute or less. So the last thing I'll say in terms of tech making our lives easier, make sure you're spending the time learning how that tech works and how you can make the most use of it. Because for all the the wonders that these things can do, if we're not using them right, we're not really saving the time that we could. So take a minute, sit down, sharpen the axe, learn how to use things like Excel in your office, and you'll be amazed at what you can do. Yeah, I spent way too much time uh, in an in Excel the other day working on the seating chart for the wedding, and I was like, you know what, there's probably totally a formula to do what I want it to do, but yeah, I didn't do it, so just kind of killed a lot of time. So, yeah. yeah, I should take your advice. Well, that was pretty fun being positive, whether we were completely uh, I was still or... negative. I, I'm really bad at being, I swear to God, one of these episodes, I'm going to be the most positive Paula instead of negative Nelly. It's going to be awkward because I, I don't know if I can handle that with you. You are who you are, Brian, so embrace <laughs> it. Yeah. As a little bit of uh, personal news on my end, Brian, we uh, the band released our second single, so um, I'll probably nice. link it in the description here. So that was that was pretty cool. But this one has a professional music video. Uh, so. I I feel bad saying I like. I feel like when I say I like the music, it's like I'm pandering to you because I know you personally. But I legit think your your band's awesome. So I'm a big oh, fan. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, anybody out there looking for some modest mouse meets punk kind of vibes? Go check it out. It's, it's good stuff. Thank you. Uh, it's actually funny enough. It's one of the songs we listen to on the pod. So if if you listen to the uh, sticking with things until you improve, uh, you heard this song. So check out the full final recorded version with a nice, neat little music video with it. You should all, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you you have to do this, but if you want to replace the outro music with kind of some instrument, if you have like separated instrumental from a song, well, so right that. now, well, so right now, um, it's been the uh, little our normal outro. But what if I did a little and a change right now? Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time.